You're listening to episode 131 of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about gratitude in the good times and the hard ones. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, everyone. I am pre-recording this because I am going to be at a silent retreat at Spirit Rock when this episode airs. So I hope you dig it. And in this week's episode, I'd like to talk about the second pillar of happiness that dovetails off of last week's episode, where we covered generosity. This week, I want to dive into gratitude and to frame it in a different way you may have heard before, to frame it within the fundamentals of the foundations of mindfulness and impermanence, even in the context of grief or conflict. Now, one way to understand how I pick topics for this podcast is that I try to find things that will help contribute to a life of happiness, sort of the art of being human, right? A happy human, (laughs) a whole human that's also open to the more challenging parts that arise from living in a body as well. Gratitude is an aspect of mindfulness loving kindness, and compassion training that helps form a foundation for happiness and transforms people. Many of the things we talk about on this podcast also contain modern neuroscience, the science of mind, what brings well-being, you know, mindfulness, compassion, and family and work. All of those things can bring greater happiness. But gratitude, I think, often gets taken for granted. It's like, yeah, yeah, I heard about the gratitude journal. I had that. I tried it. It wasn't so great, right? (laughs) Or I did it for a while, then I don't do it anymore. But instead of kind of seeing it as this spiritual 101, as kind of generosity can also be seen as, I really want to emphasize this is a foundational practice for a reason, all right? We talk about on this podcast things that help us shift from the small sense of self like maybe the fear body that arises from this illusion of separation, to recognizing and understanding our connection with the world too. And gratitude helps us do that, right? And it's something that helps us not come from an unconscious awareness, but to live with the direct experience of connection, of being connected, not just with ourselves, but with the whole world around us. So This also allows us to have more clarity and balance in our lives. So in addition to the trainings of mindfulness, right, we covered loving kindness, joy, compassion, equanimity, forgiveness. And then last week we talked about generosity. So today it's gratitude. And I remember Jack Kornfield telling us a story in our training, how some years ago there were Russian astronauts who were stuck in the space station. And the capsule that was to return them had mechanical problems and it wasn't clear whether it would work or not. And they had to wait a long time. Like they were there much longer than planned. Finally, they get in a capsule and it wasn't even sure whether they would get back or not. So you can imagine the tension for them and all the people who were trying to support them on the ground, everyone watching. And finally, it did. It came back and it landed in, I think, something like Kazakhstan. 
And the image in this photograph was of them getting out of the capsule and kneeling down. And it said they kissed the earth and said, oh, what an amazing thing to be able to be back on this blue-green planet, just to be able to walk, to breathe this air, to be among people. There was such enormous gratitude. They could see the earth from a distance, right? And this is perhaps the beginning of gratitude, to begin to sense this delight and mystery of even just being here and being supported in all the unseen ways that life gives to us. Another astronaut recited a poem when he was circling the earth. And I I could imagine these astronaut stories are there because I bet you get some perspective on how special earth is, right? So this is from E.E. Cummings. I thank you, God, for this most amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. I who have died am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and of love and wings and of the gay great happening illimitably earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any lifted from the know of all nothing, human merely being, doubt unimaginable you? Now the ears of my ears awake, and now the eyes of my eyes are opened. That's gratitude, right? It's not like, oh, thanks for like a roof over my head, although that is also an important type of gratitude. But This is the gratitude that I really encourage us to tap into more often, this depth of the awareness of how precious it all is. Man, when I read that poem, it brings tears to my eyes as I think about, wow, for me, this is how it felt to come out of depression, you know, just gratitude that you can even notice all of that. And there's something about having this perspective that allows us to look around and say, isn't this extraordinary? Isn't this amazing? Even if we look through the lens of privilege, which many of us have in one way or another, we can also be aware that the language we use with gratitude can activate guilt and judgment and whatnot. So in gratitude, it's helpful to come from a language where We're coming from love, of connectedness, of appreciation, of abundance, not from guilt and judgment, right? Gratitude, wherever we are, becomes a way of touching the heart, of opening ourselves to something greater, connecting with one another and connecting with something that's greater than us. And the neuroscience of it shows that living with gratitude brings better health. You become more socially connected, more resilient, less anxious. Anybody want some of that? I do. So Emerson, Emerson the poet says, simply give thanks continually. And in this mysterious life, when we shift our consciousness from a scarcity mentality and a victim mentality, which is different than being a victim, which is very real, victim mentality is where we're being loyal to our suffering in a way that, you know, we've talked about it in past episodes, but it's like we are hooked into the story, right? And this doesn't mean not facing or dealing with grief or with injustice in society and actual disparities in wealth and basic human needs, 
But when we shift our consciousness from scarcity and victim mentality, the language can shift to something more empowering. And it's really a simple thing, but not easy, right? You'll notice in the simplest relationships that when we express appreciation, not just in life, but to another person, like, hey, thanks, I really appreciated that, or I appreciate you, that becomes kind of a way for us to connect. And as you do it regularly, it builds a foundation, whether in intimate relationships or in community, it builds a foundation of respect and care in a way that we can experience inner connectedness, interconnectedness. You're not just lost in your separate sense of self feeling alone. Jack Cornfield told us a story, another story about a close friend of his who came to the U.S. in the early 80s as a refugee from Russia before Gorbachev and all that, when it was still very much under the kind of traditional communist system. And, you know, the markets hardly had anything to offer there. And he flew into San Francisco, got settled into a house, and someone took him to the supermarket, like Safeway or whatever it was. And he walks in and his eyes open and he's like, what is this? Because, you know, there's like strawberries and blueberries and figs from the Middle East, cheese from France, grapes from Mexico or Chile or whatever. And he's like, oh, well, this is a supermarket, a corner market. And the guys couldn't hardly believe it. And they take him two blocks to another one. And he stood there and he began to weep. We are surrounded by abundance in this amazing way. And it doesn't take that much. It just takes a moment to notice, a moment of a breath to look around with new eyes. Even those are very little, right? One of the things that we can do, just a gesture of our part towards them, an expression of gratitude can help shift and awaken that spirit of gratitude in them. I love this story. Um, it's like an excerpt from a novel by Mary Gateskill. And she talks about being a social worker in the poorest neighborhood in Watts, where she was in training. And there was a woman, Veronica, who'd seen a stray cat known in the neighborhood as Baldy and gotten the idea to feed it. So I'm going to read from that. Um, so Veronica worried, though, what people would think about this. At first, I thought they were angry at me, the men. They glared and they said, he don't know what to do with that. He never had anything that good in his life. And I said, well, I'll just try. And I opened a can of wet cat food. They all stopped playing pool and watched when I put it down. And let me tell you, the way that cat buried his head in the can, he thrust his head down, his fingers splayed, his refined voice rolling and softly gobbling. He looked up at us, and if cats could cry, tears would have been streaming down his face. Nobody said a word, and then one of the men crouched down and held the can so the cat could get to it better. And every day after that, I brought in a can of food, and every day the men would gather to watch Baldi eat. It was probably one of the few times that they got to see a righteous need completely satisfied. So there's a couple parts here, right? One is attention to what people actually need. And the second, for the gratitude. Just that moment when we receive it, when it's there for us. Like stepping out of the habitual complacency we have. It's almost like a courage to be joyful for these simplest of things. And how do some people live through all the suffering and still be joyful, still be happy, like Archbishop Desmond Tutu or the Dalai Lama? 
it's more of a response than like an optimistic attitude or cheerleading attitude, right? It's like we're opening and we're saying, hey, here we are. And I cherish this moment and I cherish all that is here. And it means appreciating even our difficulties, a different kind of gratitude. You know, in Tibet, one of the practices is to pray for difficulties if you're a righteous practitioner, like a serious one. Something like, grant that I be given enough difficulties that I truly learn the depth of compassion in this life for myself and others. Grant that I be given enough difficulties that I truly learn the depth of compassion in this life for myself and others. How about them apples, right? (laughs) And so here's Rumi. Rumi writes about a priest who prays for thieves and muggers on the streets. Why is this? He asks. Because they've done me such generous favors. Every time I turn back toward the things they want, I run into them. They beat me and leave me in the road and I understand again that what they want is not what I want. Those that make you return for whatever reason to the Spirit, be grateful to them. Worry about the others who give you delicious comfort that keeps you from your prayers. So, you know, when we look back, we can try to have the perspective. Like Ajahn Chah would ask things like, when did you learn the most? When did you grow? When did your heart grow wiser? When did you get an inner understanding of courage and fearlessness. When did that happen? When things were easy, huh? (laughs) And he would smile. We see this especially in the teachings of Shantideva and the Bodhisattva's Guide to the Way of Life, where the teaching is, as the Dalai Lama said, in the practice of compassion and tolerance, the one you consider your enemy is your best spiritual teacher. So there's something fierce in this approach, right? Something fierce in this willingness to look at our challenges differently and the willingness to look at what blocks our gratitude, you know, our trauma, our fear, poverty, unworthiness, guilt. And what is it that keeps us from expressing or even sensing gratitude in our lives? Because there are a lot of people in this world, even though Many of us have gone through some significant trauma and carry conflicts and problems, right? There are still many people in this world that would trade places with us in a second. So what is it that blocks us from being grateful for the things that are in our life? We can take a moment just to reflect on this. In the traditional Buddhist monastery where I practiced um, in the 90s, we would do a gratitude prayer every morning. Lama Zopa, this was in Nepal, in Bodhnath. Before we ate, and we ate once a day, before we ate, he would sometimes give like a 30-minute gratitude prayer related to the meal we were about to eat. The one meal a day we were ravenous for. And at first, it was kind of like interesting and then it was annoying and then boring and then like when is he going to finish this prayer i want to eat but over time i realized it was this great practice of letting go of this thing eating that needed to happen before i let myself feel gratitude and then to have this 
gratitude in such detail for what I was about to eat. You know, the insects that helped create the soil and nurture the soil that grew the grain and the ox that plowed the field, the farmer that nurtured it to the abundance of the earth with the sun and the rain and all the things and the trucker that brings it to us and the job that pays us so we can buy the food. And it's a really beautiful practice, right? Can we rise to meet what the world is giving us every day with gratitude and say yes, that we belong, that yes, in these small ways, we are being cared for. The world offers itself to us and it's always new every morning, every day in a new way. And when you meet a person, if you're not in your routine, just steadfastly sticking to your path, but if you're open to not just living habitually, you know, when we meet a person, we can say, whoa, they're not exactly the person that I met before. They're a little different and unique. And the great thing is they're surprising because I don't really know what the hell they're going to do. And they don't know what it is either. And we can be grateful for that. So imagine a more grateful life because we're happier when we're grateful inwardly and outwardly. So there are practices we can do. We can go on weekly gratitude walks where we just go around wherever we live, find things we're grateful for, like the trees on the street, the fact that people stop at the red light and don't barrel through, the fact that everybody's safe in this moment. It's a small thing, right? But, oh, it's organized. It works. I remember traveling to other countries and not being able to leave my things on the beach to go for a swim or how armed guards had to be at the beach. We had to pay to go to this armed, protected beach. And in the U.S., being able, for the most part, to walk beaches freely or to walk without fear of stepping on a landmine or being attacked while on a beach in broad daylight. We can remember the luxuries that we have of modern life. Like when I was living in Alaska, I lived on my car for seven years, lived in Alaska in a dry yurt, like, you know, no running water. I think we had an extension cord that went to our friend's uh, outlet and our neighbor. (laughs) No other heat source other than the wood-burning stove, which if you're working out of the house, takes a long time to heat back up. And just the gratitude from like turning on a faucet and running water coming out, walking into a house after a long day and having it not be freezing, right? We can keep a gratitude journal, have a gratitude jar. So you can like write notes of gratitude and stick it in there. And then once in a while, you can take it out and read them like at dinner. We can have a gratitude buddy or partner. So we can send little gratitude messages to friends, just like as a check-in, what are you grateful for today? I do this every night with my daughter. What are you grateful for today? I do this when I first wake up in the morning. Before I even think of anything else, I try to think, what are three things I'm grateful for? And I make it new every day because the studies show and it's too routine. We don't generate that same level of gratitude. So what am I so grateful for today? It's a good way to start the day and a good way to end the day. So reflections we can have for today. What am I grateful for? What else could I be grateful for? What opportunity is life presenting right now for which I can be grateful? No matter how hard things are, 
what is that glimmer of light that I can see that counts when we can start to feel the spirit of it. All right, my friends, I look forward to being back with you next week. Have a good one. Hey, guess what? This month in Freedom School, we are covering Mastering Emotional Wellness. Hello, doesn't that sound awesome? Come and join us. Freedom School is our monthly membership community. We have different topics every month, tons of resources, beautiful workbooks, awesome conversations, weekly coaching. Come check it out. Go to joinfreedomschool.com. If you like what you heard, please spread the love and share it. And if you know you need some help with this and want to learn more about how to free your mind and free your life, go to rebelbuddhist.com and grab my free Rebel Buddhist Toolkit, where you'll receive a video training on cultivating resilience, access to the private Rebel Buddhist group where I do weekly live sessions on topics just like this, and a copy of the gorgeous Rebel Buddhist Manifesto, and more for free. That's rebelbuddhist.com.